Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat of their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. When I created this show, I did so with the intention of showcasing the endless opportunities and possibilities available to anyone, regardless of age, gender, or location, when they choose to consciously begin arguing for their possibilities rather than for their limitations. It is my belief that when one can do this, especially in the times of their mind, friends and family, and even society at large give them reasons not to, that they can initiate massive transformation within their lives. This does not mean that life will be easy, quite the contrary actually. However, life will inevitably challenge us whether we choose to make it challenge us for what we do want or make it challenge us for what we don't want. In my experience, however, only one of those scenarios can allow us to see life happening for us rather than to us and allow us to experience the transformation within that flipping of the script. Today's guest on the show is a master in the art of transformation, and has made it her mission in life to help badasses just like you overcome anything holding them back, rock life all the way, and claim their best lives through up-leveled habits, mindset shifts, and more. She is the host of The Amy Edwards Show, which is a show dedicated to helping its listeners achieve their healthiest selves, live their best lives, and better their relationships, is an author, a rock and roll musician, a beautiful mother, and if all of those hats weren't enough, she is also a radio personality on Austin 360 Radio. For all of you transformation freaks out there, this episode is sure to charge your batteries and allow each of you to tap into the inspiration necessary to create profound and lasting change within your experience of life. So please put your hands together and help me in welcoming Amy Edwards onto the show. Amy, such a pleasure to have you here. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for that intro. Charging the battery of transformation freaks. Yes. (laughs) I received that, Ryan. (laughs) Well, looking into you, I mean, just like Justin was saying, you wear so many hats and you wear them so well. I mean, it was fantastic to see so many different similarities, you know, between our journeys with music and all of these things. And yet, you're able to do all of these things. So I'd love for you to be able to break down, like, what is your secret for everyone listening? Like, how have you been able to do so many different things and wear so many hats and yet be on vacation vibration and doing them where you end up like being happy and doing them and you're able to balance them within your life? Well, first of all, that's a practice, but I want to back up too and say, I came to this and, you know, you say wearing a lot of different hats. I got really frustrated with some things that I saw when I became a mother Mm. and maybe even a little bit before that. And I had my first child in 2005 and my daughter, Sydney, she's turning 17 now. Mm. And I saw so many women that once they became a mother, that was their identity. Mm. And I rejected that because I thought, no, I want to be a whole human. I want to be a whole woman, whatever that means. I don't want to just, like, I even knew, I don't, I don't want to say the name. We'll make up a name, Maya. And I knew a woman who even, that was her email address. It was like, Maya's mommy at Gmail or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, is that your identity? It seems so rooted in someone else. And it made me think about the pressure too, that you're putting on that child. Like, you are my identity. You know, yeah. that's that's a lot. And 
I don't think that's healthy. Mm. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've had very similar experiences with what you were just talking about in my own life. And I've seen so many moms go through this where literally their entire identity becomes their motherhood. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you put everyone in front of yourself, eventually you're going to have some challenges in your life. And I imagine that's a lot of what you saw in other friends and colleagues and things like that, that allowed you to have that, you know, that awakening moment, that realization before you actually had to Mm -hmm. go through it yourself. And I think that that's such an amazing piece of wisdom to bestow upon the listeners because I imagine for many people listening, they are moms, right? And they're going through these things and they might not really know that there might be a challenge and they might be able to now see like, oh yeah, I kind of stopped being me, right? I stopped having my identity and I started being mom after Mm -hmm. I had a child or had children. And now I don't really know what's fulfilling me because what happens when that child turns 18 and they leave the nest and then Where's your a lot life of people have breakdowns. Yeah. And it can happen with anything. It can happen with a business or it can happen when maybe it suddenly falls apart. I had a clothing store for five years before I had her. And I remember thinking that was a lot of my identity. And it yeah. just matters what you're putting your identity in. I think mm. that's just such a big one, though, because I saw it happening to so many people. Yeah. And I didn't want to fall into that. And I didn't know where that was going to lead. Mm. But it was a it was a huge shift for me. Not mm-hmm. only does your life change when you have a child, for a woman, it's a 180. That first kid is just like, your life's not your own anymore. <laughs> and yes. so you really have to get your bearings. And a lot of people fall into depression, postpartum, or different different ways of coping. And it's just, you have to take a breath and understand what you really want in life and what you want to model to that child. And that's yeah. been a huge one for me too, of what I'm showing because I have two daughters. So particularly it's, you know, female based and what am I showing them at any age? And so I started to reject that way of thinking and just think, how can I become more full all the way? Mm. How can I retain my sexuality? Mm. How can I retain my power? How can I do whatever the fuck I want to do? You know? (laughs) And so I started to explore that and I ended up getting divorced from her dad and Mm. not really because of that. There were just a lot of other things and I knew I was growing into myself Mm. and my mother passed away at Mm. the same time, which was exceptionally profound Mm. and right. She passed away when I was seven months pregnant with Sydney. I know she, we talked in uh, my podcast about the passing of your father Mm. and my mother Got She struggled with ulcerative colitis for a long time, but then it turned into a tumor and she let it go too long before she really paid attention to it. And so she passed. By the time she got the diagnosis, it was 21 days until she died. And wow. so an exceptionally, she chose not to get treatment too. So exceptionally fast. She was tired of suffering too, mm. physically. And so I named my daughter after her, Sydney, mm. and... I guess it just made me think a lot about her life, about the life of my child, and about my own life. And it pushed me into, what do I really want? And I felt like I was in a relationship that was too young. And I knew that there was a lot more expansion for me. Yeah. You know, because I got in that relationship at 23, something like that. So. It was time for me to flourish in a whole new way. I've heard that people come into our lives for reasons, seasons, or a lifetime. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard because, or pieces of wisdom I've heard, because, 
you know, a lot of times we, we, we cling, right? We get attached to certain things and kudos to you for, I imagine it wasn't easy. Like you were just able to just leave the relationship and that was all it was, right? I imagine it was a process, but kudos to you for being able to catch that message and realize that, Hey, I get to choose myself first because everything is a projection, right? And so if you're not able to choose yourself first, well, then how well are you going to be able to symbolize, right? What you are now for your daughters, be able to actually be in love what you are now and all mm-hmm. this amazing stuff that's now been able to transition. And, you know, one of the things that I love is that you were able to take your mother's passing and use it like and transmute it and alchemize it to kickstart a new chapter of your life. And I'm curious for you, like, what do you think separates the ability when someone passes to allow the people around them to either catapult their lives or get stuck in time, essentially? Because I've had family members that when someone close to them passes, they get stuck at the time they died and they never go forward again. And so I'm curious what allowed you to move past that in the way you were able to. Well, I think my situation was pretty unique because I had a baby at the mm. same time that was a female that I named after her. Mm. And it gave us all, like I know my dad too, it gave us all sort of a something to transmute that energy into, a joy, yeah. if you will. Yeah. And so I think that was a unique situation. When my father passed about five or six years after that, I think that's right, yeah, maybe six or seven years, it was more how do you deal with that? Yeah. And. I think maybe I already had experienced grief and been able to move through it and deal with it. And back then I wasn't doing plant medicines. I wasn't doing all the things we do now. I did pray some, but I wasn't particularly religious and I really lost it after my mom died. Mm. And so I just, I, I just was leaning into myself mm. really and not in any conscious way, particularly <laughs> I I've had a, issue with alcohol that I feel like I'm really just coming out of in the last few years. Mm. And so I was still drinking and things like that. But I think motherhood was something that truly helped me. Like Mm. losing a mother and becoming that was like, okay, I can feel that she's still here and I know I've got some guidance there. And I think tapping into knowing that there's something beyond this can get people unstuck. But grief is a is a tough process. And you talked about something else where you were stuffing things down. Yes. And I think that keying into when we're stuffing things down and allowing it out instead is really important. Whatever your outlet may be, maybe it's talking to someone or maybe it's healing journeys. I don't know, mm. you know. But it's so fascinating because you know, you're able to have that self-awareness now looking in hindsight, right? Of like, oh, I was bottling things, you know, doing things like that. And that's where our stories are very Mm -hmm. similar in the sense that, you know, with me, it was cannabis, with you, it was alcohol, but it allowed us to really have that experience. And now we can relate to other people and talking about that. And I imagine many people listen to your podcast, hear that, and they, they get that inspiration. They know it's possible because once again, like, you know, if we were all reflections of one another, then if we don't hear that it's possible from other people around us, how do we even know it exists? Like the four minute mile, right? Until yeah. it actually someone did it, no one thought it was possible. And now everyone's running four minute miles. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. And a lot of people say that to me, they go, Oh, I could never, I could never. And I'm like, actually, you can really, yeah. you can just take one look. There are even so many people I'm so impressed. Sometimes I look on TikTok and I see older women just embracing it and going for it and sharing whatever's on their mind and they'll blow up. People are interested. People want to connect and people want to tap into that sliver of hope that whatever happens in the world, you can grow and you can take up something new at any age. And I 
took up guitar at 38. And I didn't see that coming at all in my life. Mm. Not at all. And instead, I said yes in the moment. And I thought, I've always really liked guitar. And I started with electric, and I took to it right away. And I knew that that was an opportunity to show people that you can pick up a guitar. If you're in your 50s, who cares? It keeps your mind sharp, number one. You were asking about youthfulness too, Mm. and I do think that's a key to it. Learning new things, tapping into anything that comes your way and just saying yes, even if it's learning a language so you can travel to that country or whatever. A musical instrument is a good example too. But I pushed it a lot further than just learning an instrument. Mm. Once I was with some women who wanted to learn instruments too and form a band, and so we just did. (laughs) And as we progressed, I was like, we really have something to say. And it is, you can do whatever you want at any age, just do it. But once that band fell apart, I knew that I had to push it further to say what I really wanted to say, Mm. to show really what I wanted to show. Mm. And I thought, okay, well, I'll write some music. And actually my, my good friend at the time, Yates Hagen, he was in some bands and he said, uh, okay, well, you're not with that band anymore, but do you have five songs? Will you open for us for this gig? And I was like, yeah, totally did not have five songs at all. And so I was like, <laughs> Say yes, I better write. <laughs> yeah. So I had like one sort of, and so I wrote five songs. I got a band together and I just got up there and did them. And I was like, wow. And just taking those baby steps, can push you further and further. So I mm. took that step. And once I got, I did that, I was like, oh, maybe I should record these. And so I reached, I cold called Dwight Baker, a producer that I'd heard about. And I said, you know, whatever, we ended up totally connecting, having a great conversation for like an hour. We're the exact same age. We just get along. And he took me on. And so then I went ahead and recorded those. And then when I was done with that, I thought, you know what? I wasn't honest enough. I leaned on my husband at the time, my second husband, to help me write. And I didn't have enough confidence in my own voice, which Mm. really my story is about growing in confidence in my voice, whether it's music, radio, podcast, singing, And singing was a huge one for me. So I had to really think, what am I trying to say in a song? And push myself not to lean on anybody else, but get really clear in my own voice. And that is a very vulnerable place to be, especially when you don't have a band. I had a band of hired guns, essentially, but I didn't (laughs) have the women that I had started with. And Mm. when you've got those other people, you can be like, oh, we're in this together. Instead, you're just in it. (laughs) <laughs> and I had to think, I, and I had some nervous breakdowns along the way, but you know what? I wrote a song about them mm, yes. <laughs> and yeah. And I just tried to still tap into what that felt like and convey it. And I just figured if I'm going through it, somebody else is too. So let's talk about it. Yes. Right. I love that. I mean, breakdowns turn into breakthroughs. If we allow ourselves mm-hmm. to actually see and find the opportunities and lessons within them. And I love that, you know, that language switch that you were talking about earlier about people saying, oh, I'll never be able to 
do that. Well, yeah, you just cast a spell on yourself. Exactly. You know, if you think you'll never do it, guess what? You're never going to do it. Not with that attitude. Yeah, You're exactly. right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say, you're right. And I'm a huge proponent of that. And I know you're so into language and yeah. anybody who listens to you is. And I am too. I'm super, super conscious about it. And so anything that we say, I just try to stay super tuned into. Mm. So if you're saying that, well, not only are you hearing it, but the people around you are, your kids are, and everybody is going to believe it. Like what isn't the saying something like whatever you believe you can do, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's or can funny. or can't do, I think. Yeah. One of the other, um, I know in your episode, we talked about profound realizations or messages I got mm-hmm. within plant medicine space. One of the ones I got was whatever you believe you become. Yeah. And it like hit me in levels where I was like, oh, that's a cool saying. And I was like, oh shit, I feel attacked. Right. And then I kept going deeper and I was like, what do I believe? And then what am I becoming as a result of that? And it's so funny to dive into that stuff because, you know, this is the stuff you never learn in high school or even mm-hmm. college. Right. And so you kind of got to figure this stuff out by yourself. But it seems for you, like, it's funny to know that at one point you were, you know, not self-conscious, but like curious about your voice and like nervous about it because you do so many things with your voice. Now you almost allowed that challenge to make your entire life. Right. And one of the things that I love looking at is when we're scared about something or we're nervous about something, and then we not only take the initiative to do it, but in your case, like you made it your entire life's work, right? With music, radio, podcasting, et cetera. Like you just beat that fear, right? Like you were like, oh, that fear, I'm going to completely annihilate it. I'm not just Mm -hmm. going to, you know, toy with it or tease it. I'm going to completely annihilate it. And I think for a lot of people listening, that's so inspiring because it's similar for me where, you know, I was always scared to speak and do things like that. Now I've just done podcasting and, you know, things like that. With music, I play guitar, but I never got into playing and singing, partly because of that. So you're actually giving me some motivation now and inspiration to get you into singing. You play electric? Or? Yeah, I play electric and Very acoustic. nice. Yeah. Yep. Very nice. I'll yep. have to show you my guitars before. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Guitar, yeah. you know, for guitarists, it's one of the f- most favorite things to do. You know, it's kind of like adult show and tell where I show everyone, I'm like, check out my guitar. You know? like, check <laughs> yeah, out mine. You know, it is. it's so much it fun. Totally is. And knowing we have similar taste in music too, mm-hmm. you know, being rock and roll musicians, you know, I'm curious for you, like, what do you, what is it about rock and roll that pulled you in? Oh, I'm just a rock girl. I, I am a child of the eighties. I grew yes. up, I graduated high school in 90. So that was guns and roses. Mm-hmm. It was right before all the grunge. Seattle grunge yeah. blow up. And so, yeah, I'm a rocker <laughs> at heart. And, um, but then, but then again, I love pop. I love a lot of different things. Yeah. So I'm not, but that just calls to my heart. And I like, I like a dirty guitar sound yes. a lot. I, I love other guitar sounds too, but that in particular, and that's a sound that I could make and get like, a, throw some dirt on it with a pedal and you're good, right? Yes. And so anyway, so that's why I, and I don't know, just oh. shake your hair around and fucking... Just fucking go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like the last album that I made, I remember sending one song to Dwight. He was my former producer, but I was pr- doing this album with AJ Vallejo and I produced one and he just wrote back and he was like, what's up, Ozzy? You know, because I <laughs> I was like, I really had some moments where I was like, how would Ozzy sing this? And then that's what I did. And it just uh, comes through. You just channel those those icons. It's like Steal Like an Artist. I don't know yes. if you've ever read that book from yes. Austin Kleon. It's yes. Same thing. Back to what you were talking about earlier yeah. and just my musical journey and my voice journey and pushing past the fear. You know, I want to say two things about that. Number one, I didn't see how it all fit together until recently. Mm. And I want people to trust their journey. You've talked about this and following your heart and following whatever it is comes your way that feels really good. Like you going to Cannabis Institute, Mm -hmm. the Cannabis Institute. And so I did the same thing. And 
people would say, what are you doing? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? And I would say, I don't know, you know, but this feel, I'm doing this now. Yeah. I remember doing some of the rock stuff. And one of my friends said, you're really, you're, so you're really going to do this. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. And also, I just think if you're going to do it, just go ahead and do it. Right. And so you may not know how those puzzle pieces in your transformation are going to fit together, but that doesn't matter so much. Just relax and trust that they're going to make sense at some point because it's just the same way as putting together an outfit or I like fashion a lot yeah. or, or your house. You know, you're going to find these things that you like and they call to your heart and they, there's something about them that's you and you connect with. And then you put them all there and suddenly they go together and they make sense. And you're like, huh. Look at that. It all worked out because it all does. And it's leaning into that full trust that it is all going to work out. And that's a tough place to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't, the other thing I wanted to say about that was I didn't just push past fear easily. Mm. It did take a lot of work for me and breakdowns and doubt, a lot of doubt. Mm. I've had to really work on strengthening my belief and that was one thing I made a note about during our podcast. Mm. And you were talking about how, or being in a situation with cannabis, it can be a mirror for us and bring things out that are already going on, yeah. right? And my experiences with cannabis in particular uh, were not conscious at all. And they started at a pretty young age, 16, I think. And it was off and on, but I knew... I knew I wasn't using it right if I was using it right, you know, if there was a right way. Yeah. And it would bring out the biggest doubts in me mm. and push those out. I had no compass for using it like you provide. Mm -hmm. And in the last few years, the times I have used cannabis, I've had to really work and understand that I have to pre-program my intention and pre-program the words that are inside me. Because one of the things that would happen was I would feel like a terrible mother in particular. Mm. And I would be like, oh, you suck. And just these, these things would run through my head. And they were neural pathways that were there that I had, you know, you've heard the analogy of a sled going down a hill. Yeah, with fired and wired. Yeah, with your neural pathways. And so you need that fresh fallen snow mm. in order to reset the path of your sled and mm. to reset your neural pathways of thoughts that you've been thinking over and over and over. And marijuana, cannabis in particular, would do that to me. And I can't sleep. I can't fall asleep because I'm running through those neural pathways so severely. So in the last few years, I did a lot of conscious work about resetting those neural pathways. And I got randomly set up to meet someone who has a ketamine clinic here, mm. Ali Waddell with Aluma. And a friend just said, come, it's their anniversary or whatever. And I didn't know anything about it. And I literally, the day before I had heard the word rumination and mm. I don't know why I'd never heard about ruminations, but suddenly I read what it was and I thought, that's what I do. I'm a ruminator. And I didn't even realize that it was the neural pathways that I had just they were just digging in there. So every time that I created an album, every time that I was doing these things, I was still stuck in some neural pathways that I was having to push hard to get past. And they were still there. Mm. And so 
I do credit a lot of my psychedelic work, and I'm going to lump ketamine in mm. with there, um, even though it's not a plant medicine. Yeah. But so I go to Meet Alley at Aluma and to their one year anniversary, and I didn't know anything about it. She was giving me her pitch, but she's very shiny. And I was like, whatever you're doing, I'm in. Yeah. Like, I want to be this shiny. <laughs> yes. And so. Um, so she said, well, it can help with, you know, PTSD and all the, she was laundry listing off what ketamine can help with. And she said, and ruminations and blah, blah, blah. And of course my ears perked up and I was like, ruminations, I'd like to have you on my podcast and I'd like to try one. And one made such a difference to me. I had been dating someone who I don't want to reveal too much, but mm. was a, a drug user. And just, there were just some things that I was glossing over. Mm-hmm. This is fine. That's fine. It's There's, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. You know, and the day after my first ketamine infusion, which was not like massive, I think they, it was like 60, it's a drip. And the day after I started thinking new thoughts about that relationship in particular, and I noticed and I thought, why have I never thought that before? That is a very practical thought. It is something I would say to my daughter. And yet I've never had that thought. And I thought, that's interesting. Mm. Got curious about it. And Mm. so I started to notice that some of my neural pathways were getting reset. So I called him and I said, I'd like to do a whole series. And so I did. And I got very, very conscious about how I did that series. I created my own meditations because I'm a believer that Using your own voice and hearing that can reprogram your subconscious in a totally, I don't, I don't want to say better way, but profound, profound way that can impact you to where you are delving into a new self-trust level. Mm. And so, which we're saying our own words all the time. So if you're saying to people, oh, I suck at that. I'm a horrible speaker. I got, you know, or your example, you know, just like. It, it cuts that shit out. And I got really good at it by the sixth one of these ketamine. I was like, I went out of that one and I was like, I nailed it this time. And it was all about that future you. And it was all about reprogramming myself. And now I can tell it's been two years since I did those. And now I can tell, and I don't feel like I need them and anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I reset those in enough of a way to where I'm not operating from such a fear place. I'm not operating from old mindsets of negative thinking that is very, very difficult to overcome. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show. And I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you, while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. 
Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build-out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever. I mean, what an amazing journey, and I'm so glad you brought up ketamine. It's one of the only things I've yet to interact with, but it's been hitting me a lot recently. And, you know, I went to music festivals for years, still do, and most of the, you know, times in which I've seen ketamine presented, it's like off a dirty spoon that someone's trying to hand me, like, do you want to bump this? And I'm like, I don't sure. do I do not do nose drugs, so don't I'm like, no, it. thank you. Mm-mm. But I've been, you know, obviously I knew that wasn't ketamine, right? I knew of like... I knew that ketamine had much more to it. And so hearing your specific experience with ketamine is very interesting because I was recently able to try a product that I won't say where it came from or what it really deals with, but it has certain components of ketamine within it. And so I got to try it and huh, it was, what's that? It, it was, it was very light. It's basically a, a company that I know of. They, they create these products with different things in them. I'll give you the, the full on one afterwards. Okay. Um, but, they're, I'm curious. Th- yeah, it's it's fantastic. And it was my first experience with something like ketamine. So I took one. First time I did it, I was with Rachel. We walked around a park and it hit us kind of like near the end. And then we went back and we were kind of hanging at our house. You know, it was nice. And it kind of just made me feel very similar to like what, what cannabis does when cannabis works perfectly, right? Like when yeah. I'm really like dissociating, but I'm like having a good time, put it that way, or right? I'm not ruminating or any of those kind of things. Mark has a funny word for that rummaging, you know, it's rummaging. like a rummaging, you know, and that's I what I do. Yeah, I'm a rummager. Guilty as Charge, you know, mm-hmm. sounds kind of like ruminate. Then, yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. There's it's, a root word in there or something. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so the second time I tried it, we went to the beach. It was Rachel's birthday, and Rachel and a friend were going to have some mushrooms. And I've been getting ready for this trip, and I'm like, nope, I'm staying completely in my normal consciousness. So I was like, I'll be your DD. So we went to the beach, and me and my other friend, who um, is the boyfriend of her friend, can I just um, say too, that's so cool that y'all can do that and have a relationship. Like oh, that. thank you. Because a lot of times people can't function, you know, when they're not like doing the same thing. Yeah, that's really cool. No, and it was like one of those things where you know she asked, "Do you want to? Do you want to try this?" And I was like, "Eh, you know, like right now, like we've done mushrooms plenty of times together." But I was like, because of how much work I've done, and I really credit the mystery school a lot too, because mm-hmm. we can dive into that and nerd out on that too. But you know, the mystery school really allowed me to get more in touch with my feelings uh, and my soul as well. So I was able to tune in and just go, eh, not today, you know, but my buddy and I took one of these products and we were playing can jam on the beach. Literally nine hours went by without me even thinking about my phone. I literally was just like curiously observing my thoughts and being like, oh, I like that one. Let's run with that one. Or mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like that one at all. So it's fascinating. It sounds a lot like your experience. Yeah. And my experience, you know, was in a clinical setting. Yeah. So, but they back then were providing you with the nose spray, which I know a lot of people have used. And Mm. I started to abuse that. I started to get addicted to that. Mine did not have, uh, I think, what do they put in that? Oxytocin? Oxytocin. Mine did not have oxytocin in Mm. it, but I still became reliant on it where it was very hard for me to give up. Mm. I liked it 
uh, too much. And I would just do it and go to walks, go on walks. And it was the, it, I was bored too, because yeah. I was just home with my kids. It was the <laughs> pandemic, yeah. full pandemic mode. And so I became pretty reliant on that. And it's been interesting since I've moved into full sobriety right mm. now, and which is a full integration mode. And yeah. it's pushing me in whole new ways. But um, I remember asking Justin about it and he remarked, you know, that I did change. I was, and I could tell I wasn't quite as smart and like my brain wasn't firing the same. And so I, you know what, we think we're okay. A lot of times in a social setting on some of these things and you're probably not most likely 100%. probably not showing up as your best version of yourself. And so that was a little disheartening to hear. And I was like, okay, well, but I knew I, and Allie had told me, she was like, we're not doing those anymore because people have a propensity to get addicted. And I told her, I was like, I think maybe I am because then when they only gave me the lozenges, then I melted down the lozenges, mixed them with saline and made a nose spray myself. Mm. And so I was like, I really like this, yeah. obviously. So, um, so throwing all that away and getting rid of it. And like, I still have moments where I want it. Yeah. And it, that was just a little crutch, just a little escape from reality, just a little numb out. Mm-hmm. But the the clinical setting can be really beneficial. And I was doing this in conjunction with some other things too. That same year, I did a hero hero dose of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And um, and we could talk more about some of these things on your other show sometime. Yeah, yeah I would love to. I would to. love to. <laughs> and, um, but just focusing on like the embracing the the transformation of it and what it can bring to your mindset to set you up in a way. And, and it's not for everybody. And I respect that. And there's plenty of other ways to go about it, which is a lot of what I cover on my show too. Mm. Efficient ways to overcome those things, whether it's going to be using sound, using our own voice in meditations or audio vision boards, I call them. Mm. I guess I should just call them audio boards. Yeah. Because you can't say audio vision. Well, but you're visualizing, (laughs) but you're visualizing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I make my own audio vision boards. And I talk a lot about that for people of how using your own voice and really tapping into what everything smells like, how you're Mm. feeling, whose hand are you holding? What are you sitting on? You know, tapping into everything about the sensations in that moment and using your own voice to hear it is powerful. Again, you're delving into self-trust. You're going, oh, wait, I hear myself talking about it. It must be true. They say, you know, your brain doesn't know the difference. And so when you really get into that feeling mode, like Joe Dispenza talks about, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. It's been one of the things that is catapulted my inner awareness and my development as a human being. And it's funny because I read Joe's books years ago and I loved them, but it didn't like stick. It was more of a knowing at that point. I was still really rooted in my left brain. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I tried a couple of the meditations and kind of just fell off with it. Well, recently I was actually interacting with cannabis one night and I was on Gaia because I love Gaia TV Mm -hmm. and I found his series rewired. Now, what I've learned about myself is that I don't mind reading books, but I like audiobooks more like listening or visual learning. And so when I watched this series, I became absorbed into it. Rachel and I watched the entire season in like a week or something. It was crazy. And then from there, I just caught the bug and I started looking up his meditations and then combining them with cannabis and all this stuff. And it's fascinating because you really are hundred percent accurate that from my experience, I mean, this experience we're having right now, me being in Austin right now and having done all these shows, including yours, this is part of my manifestation that came true because I tuned into it every single day. I pictured us connecting. I pictured all of these things. And it's so fascinating because 
you know, I imagine people listening, they might've heard of Joe before they might've heard of these things, but like what we're saying is like, this stuff really works. Right. And there's always been, let's both vow to have a podcast today. Yes. Oh my God. Let's do it. (laughs) Now it is spoken. So it shall be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Yes. We got a good one. Yeah. You know, I would be amazing uh, to be, it will be amazing when we do that. It will be amazing. Yes. It will be amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's so funny because you know, I had those thoughts even recently, right? Like I still have those analytical or logical thoughts of like, is this really working? But the funny thing is that the voice that says the opposite has now gotten a lot louder. And I think that's part of the process that I imagine ketamine helped you with too, is along with rewiring and refiring these neural pathways, it allowed other voices within you to get a little bit louder. Would you say that's similar to like what happened in your experiences where like maybe like instead of the inner critic running, maybe like the solar heart was able to speak a little bit louder because they whisper, right? Where the inner critic Mm -hmm. is kind of like a teenager and it yells, you know? (laughs) I don't think I could hear him at all. I mean, maybe a little because I was living my life the way I was. Mm. You know, I have left two marriages and that is a pretty difficult thing to do. And, you know, but you hear those whispers and you know when something's not right. And that's, that was hard because I had a child from each and they didn't, they didn't want that to happen, you know? So, um, and you just have to listen to yourself. And so, yeah. And, and then there's a lot of other voices that go with that a lot, as I'm sure you can imagine and have experienced. And so, yeah, it does. It really does. And so now I'm able, I think just like you, like you asked in the very beginning, everything is a practice. And so mm. it's just about getting in the practice of shutting your mind up. Like I think untethered soul, Michael oh, Singer, Michael Singer, such yes. a fan. Yeah. He's, he just says, or no, I think Ram Dass actually quiet the mind, open the heart, quiet mm-hmm. the mind, open the heart. But I think Michael Singer says a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I tap into that phrase quite a bit when I meditate because my mind is just going. And so can I just quiet my mind and get into my heart? And those are the moments when you're able to listen to those whispers and able to tune in more to the best version of yourself. And it's about, you know, is that, and two, you, you can say, okay, I'm visualizing all this. What is that person doing? Is that person beating themselves up? Is that person telling themselves you know, they're not good enough. They're not enough. You suck at talking or whatever (laughs) it is. Right. And so no, they're not. So go ahead and be that person. Just go ahead and be it. And then that's accelerating that whole vision. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what I tell a lot of my clients is that there's a stepping stone process where this is the challenge with affirmations is say someone wants to be braver. So they look up an affirmation, I am brave, and they start saying it. But mm-hmm. they have all of these programs and patterns that are telling them like, well, no, look at all these instances in which you were not brave. But instead of doing that, they can they can kind of live their life as if, right? So what if I lived my life as if I was brave, as if Mm -hmm. I was in the process of becoming brave? And then over time, it's like starting a book on chapter one and actually reading all the chapters to get to chapter 10 instead of just trying to go, I am brave, and then just say it over and over Mm -hmm. because those voices are going to come and say, no, you're not, and eventually you might get discouraged. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the biggest things that I found too is the stepping stone process of like, okay, I am in the process of becoming brave. I am in the process of being brave. And then I am brave, right? It's important to do those milestones along the way. It is. And affirmations are a big thing for me, Mm, um, obviously. And I'm real particular about how I say them. 
Um, and I've started to incorporate another tactic into that too. So if you said, I am brave, you would say, I am brave because, and that's automatically going to make your brain search for a a reason why, Mm. you know, I'm brave because I want to show that to my children. I am brave because I am putting my voice out there as a podcast. I, you know, and you're going to start finding reasons and then you're retraining your brain to go into that mode rather than the, I am brave. No, you're not. (laughs) Then the inner critic mode and those voices overruling that, or at least trying to overrule that affirmation. I put a lot of affirmations out on my TikTok, which I'm at the magic babe. Mm. And, and it's just a lot of like tips and stuff that I do. And so I get a lot of criticisms. Sometimes a lot of people will step up and I'll, cause I'll do a, say it with me and I'll do an affirmation, but there are people that are like, but I'm not. And you know, I'm like, again, not with that attitude. Exactly. Right? Um, <laughs> you have to so believe it first. You just, and even if you don't believe it, it doesn't fucking matter. Just say it anyway. Just go ahead and say it. Get the reps in. Doesn't matter. And, and a big one of those that people really hold back on is saying, I love you to yourself. Mm. Saying, I love you in the mirror saying, I love you. I love myself. I love you, Amy. And a lot of people have never even done that. And so that's a huge one. And they can't even find the truth in loving themselves. Mm. And I just say, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who fucking just say it anyway, just go ahead and at least start somewhere. So you're starting at chapter one, you're starting, who cares? Just start, just start somewhere. Even if you know, you're not believing it, it doesn't matter. Just go ahead because you're putting, you are programming yourself, reprogramming yourself in a positive way. And I'm here to tell you, it is true. You are brave. Whatever you're saying that's positive, it is true. Because if we are part of God, if we are part of this, then we are everything. Yes. So that everything means everything. So that means it's all contained within you. Yes. And so you if get you believe, you get to choose. If you believe that there is, you know, a connection with the divine in all of us, then you must have it. It yes. just must be true. One hundred percent. And you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because a lot of people, I think, fail to realize this. But if you chose to be a human, right, in your soul contract, uh-huh. like you are already an ethereal extreme sporter, right? Like you're an extreme <laughs> sporter of the ethereal realm, right? Like this is the craziest mission. And when you really look into, like, I dive into a lot of different. Have you ever re- said that before? Yeah, I that actually. That is fucking hilarious. That's awesome. So another medicine ceremony. I got this whole thing downloaded to me where I was at Mark's <laughs> house in Virginia, and I I got this thing downloaded where I was like. You know, imagine that like, because I was, I was going on this whole thing of like, hey, even if like you think you're down and out and you haven't done anything in your life, you're still a human being, which is like the craziest thing you could possibly do, right? With all of our emotions and awareness of our emotion and awareness that we are God, but we're not mm-hmm. yet God because, you know, we haven't realized it yet. All these things happen at the same time that we have to pay bills and do all this stuff. It's like, I imagine when you're a new soul, right? And maybe the soul language isn't exactly the right word, but we'll use soul as a catch term. Okay. So maybe you're like a new soul. Mm-hmm. And you're up there and you're, you're, you're hearing, you know, other souls and your soul family come back and they're like, wow, I just tried that life thing out. You got to try it. And you're just saying no for a while. Right. And like, there's a whole dare program thing happening here. <laughs> I mean, we you're like, in infinite time. So yeah. it's just a blip on the radar. Exactly. So sure. Yeah. And so you start eventually being like, okay. I'm going to go try this out, but I'm just going to like do a microdose. I'm going to be a fly first, right? <laughs> and so you go down and you be a fly and you come back and you're like, whoa, that was crazy. And then after a while, you get bored of being a fly. So you start being a bird. Then you start being a tortoise, right? And you start pushing the envelope. And then finally, when you're 
just absolutely ready to go to full send. You're like, let me be a human, right? And like, that's when you're in ethereal extreme supporter. So yeah, it came yes. up. I had to mention it. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny, it's so good. I have a tortoise, by the way, outside. You'll have to meet. Before oh my you go. goodness, mm-hmm. yes, you that's have to amazing. Meet my tortoise. I know. <laughs> it's been a, a huge lesson for me in. Um, Staying present, take one day at a time. Because yes. um, a lot of people are like, oh my God, he's going to live to be 100. And what are you going to do? And I'm like, I didn't think this through at all. Yeah. So but now uh, I'm here. <laughs> but here he is. And yeah. so I can make it through today. So, yeah. Total side note. But no, maybe. it's funny because, you know, what you mentioned about believing, I love so much because I know a big part of your thing is, hey, no matter what age you are, you can do whatever you want. And how I say a similar thing is, you're, the days are going to pass by anyway. So even if you're 38 and you want to pick up your guitar and you're like, oh, maybe I'm not going to be great at it. Well, you know what? You're definitely not going to be great at it if you never start. Right. right? Chances are you're going to be absolutely amazing at it because it's all the dedication you put into it. I believe like you, it's not the age thing. And we're told all these things about aging where there's actually an experiment that's been done by the CIA, I believe, where they took all these 80 and 90 year olds that were in varying conditions of health, some with canes, some, you know, bedridden, et cetera. And they put them back in a community that was centered around being 1953. I think it was 1953. Hmm. And so everything, the food, the cars, the TV shows, the house, everything was imitated as if it was 1950. And what they started noticing was these people started de-aging. They stopped using their canes. They started playing more. They started sitting crisscross applesauce in front of the TV like they were when they were kids, right? So it really is such a mindfuck to start thinking like within this thing they call the matrix, right? And within Mm -hmm. these collective beliefs, are any of them even true, right? Like literally, if we are the creator of our own reality, then is aging even a myth, right? I mean, like you're a testament to that, right? Because it's the youthful spirit that creates the experience of life. You know, when you go to San Diego, for instance, right? And you go to Venice or, you know, in LA or you go to San Diego, you see people that are in their 70s that are longboarding in tie-dye tank tops and yeah. they're not 70. Like they're, yeah. they might look older, but they're not 70. And so it's very interesting when we start thinking about these things. That's why I love what you do so much because you're really walking the walk and talking the talk and saying, hey, I didn't have my life handed me on a silver platter. I went through many challenges that um, so many people can connect with, but yet I'm here now and telling you Mm -hmm. that I feel younger than ever, that I'm crushing life. I'm still doing all of these things I love. And what an amazing gift to be able to offer the people that you serve. I mean, it's, there's, I don't think there's anything more powerful than allowing people to realize like, Hey, everything that you have in your life is just based on a belief. And if you don't like something in your life, that's an adventure, right? It's not a, it's not a job. It's an adventure to dive into why you believe what is creating that version mm-hmm. of the experience of your life you're getting. And I think that's just so And what powerful. are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, what are you going to do about it? And it's been very interesting to challenge that and especially getting older as a woman because I do take good care of myself. I get facials, I get injections, I've got, I get Botox. I don't, I don't think I have any right now, but (laughs) you know, and I've like, you know, so people can criticize and say you do all these things, but I don't really care. I want to look in the mirror and I want to feel good, Yeah, but it's, it's a lot more than that. If you want to shine from within, it's, Mm. you know, connecting with nature like these people in California. And it's, um, I was going to say, I drink just blood every day, but I don't. I oh don't. my God. We got it. We got to put that in there because it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's 15 years younger. Yeah. Drink Viking blood of a, of a man 15 years younger. No. Just because we were talking about yeah, it. Too. I know. I know. Um, but no, I, I don't, and I don't know where it's going to lead, but I want to continue to challenge that. And I want to continue to do 
new things and model like you can go for it at any age and just truly, truly embody that. And I do consider it service to others to keep talking about that and keep modeling it. And so be about it. And I've got to just keep pushing forward in that way. And I don't know where that leads. And part of that is really cool because it's detaching from that outcome. Mm. And and there's a big element of living in the moment too, because we don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. Like literally we could go out and get hit by a car. A meteor could die. hit us right now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm like, use what you got while you got it, you know? And like, make the most of this body, this everything that you've got. And, and don't get the wrong idea. I've, my body's not exactly where I want it. I like to eat. Yeah junk food chips sometimes, you know, and I, I try to mostly, is that it? That's <laughs> yeah. Justin too. Yeah. And I mean, but mostly, you know, I'm doing the things. And so what is your best self doing? You mm. know, what is your best self doing? Just keep tapping into that. That's, that's been a go-to for me and kind of a touchstone mm. of like in the last couple of years, okay, tapping back into what is my best self doing? What is my highest version doing? And it's not beating myself up. And it's looking in the mirror and saying, I love you. It's knowing that I'm beautiful because again, everything is reflecting out of you. And if you don't believe those things, no one else can either. 100%. Yeah. And people can feel it, you know, like they can, they're, even mm-hmm. if they can't put a finger on exactly what they're feeling, they're just like, ah, something feels off. Right. You know, when you, you meet- know, in your intuition, yeah. you know, yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's a universal principle for human beings to want to connect with other individuals. And so when, for some reason, you can't connect, you notice that, right? You might not be able to say exactly why it is, but you notice it right away. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces of evidence that our own innate wisdom is able to provide us. Yeah. And it's so funny because with you, it's it's very similar to me where, you know, I take extremely good care of myself, right? I do all the quote unquote right things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I still love going out and going to music festivals and having fun and staying up late sometimes. And I think at the end of the day, I always think about the race car analogy. If you're building a race car, is the point to build it and let it sit in a garage your whole life? Or do you <laughs> want to put that thing wide open throttle sometimes and see what it can do? Oh, like, I gotta drive my race car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like that makes it fun because I think a lot of people in health get get brought into this thing of like, oh, and I've I've been there. That's how I can speak about it. But like I've been there where it's like, no, I can't have anything that's not on my, you know, it's on my sensitivity list with food sensitivities or anything like that. Sometimes you just gotta say, fuck it and give it a full send. And that's I agree. I love that you embody that. I've loosened up a lot too. And I think sometimes that comes with age. Like you just get a little bit, well, actually, no, I don't know because you can really go either direction. Someone I know used to say like, whatever traits you're embodying, they just, they just get bigger and bigger, the older that you Mm -hmm. get. So I really want to be in that looser mode. And I've loosened up in the last few years considerably. I went through a phase where I really was strict vegan and really I don't know, just really (laughs) diligent about those things. And now I suppose I am being diligent in a totally different way with sobriety. Mm -hmm. I just believe in, in flowing a little bit more and just accepting the moment. And then you get back on track too. So you do something. So what? So what? It's not the end of the world. And there's an element in there of forgiveness. And Mm. you actually mentioned something before too about um, waiting to start something. I want to come back to that. But what we're talking about right now, there's an element of self-forgiveness in there. And it's, again, 
talking about if you don't do it for yourself, then other, how do you expect anyone else to forgive you? And a lot of times we hold ourselves accountable. We're so mean to ourselves over what we feel like, where we feel like we failed or where we feel like we dropped the ball or these things we didn't accomplish necessarily, or maybe even just eating that pint of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And we beat ourselves up and we don't let it go. I, mm. I, I've just been going through that a little bit just with something really small. Mm. And I just found myself continuing to beat myself up, pick it back up and fuck with it. I don't know. Just pick it back up and run it around <laughs> yeah. in my mind, rummaging yes. and then ruminating, rummaging the ruminating. And then uh, my friend and I used to say that we'd be like, oh, let's drag that horse out again and beat it some yeah. more, you know, drag <laughs> that dead horse out. And so for a whole week, I beat myself up about calling someone that I know and like the wrong name. Mm. <clears throat> and I felt like a <laughs> fucking jackass. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't forgive myself. And I was like, I could not get past it. And I think he got past it. I apologized, mm. but I couldn't get past it. And I kept being like, he probably hates me and I've probably ruined everything and I suck and whatever. And so I had to tap into my own worthiness to be worthy of forgiveness. And I was like, I am worthy of my own forgiveness. I would forgive someone that did that to me. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you, you can call you, me whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my government We're all name. One. Yeah. And so, exactly. yes. and so I had to just go, I'm worthy of that. And how do I expect anyone else to forgive me really if I'm not forgiving myself, if I'm not at least giving myself that? And how can I genuinely give it to someone else when I don't even think that I'm worthy? So uh, there was a whole bunch of shit wrapped up in there. And so I had to just take a breath and forgive myself. And now I've been able to talk about it and stuff and just, I I think I've forgiven myself at this point. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all enjoying the show. I wanted to stop by and fill you in on our brand new, completely free to join Facebook community called the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle. I imagine many of you are aware of the newest creation within Highly Optimized, which is the Connect with Cannabis program. Alex and I are having so much fun empowering health and wellness professionals with the skill set of facilitating conscious cannabis and helping them up-level their facilitation practice that we wanted to create a space where anyone could join to ask questions, receive free information on how to work with cannabis and the way we teach in the program, and be able to gain clarity around how to get the best results with their clients in order to become financially independent in their health and wellness practice. To join, hop over to the link in our Instagram bio and send us a request. It is our intention to assist as many health and wellness professionals as possible in the important work they are doing in the world. And if you are looking to join a community of like-minded individuals just like you, who are passionate about helping their clients achieve the highest quality of life possible, the Highly Optimized Ceremony Circle is for you. I am looking forward to speaking with all of you in the group, and as always, enjoy the show. At the end of the day, if everything is a belief system, then what I've really tapped into, and I forget where I originally heard this, but someone was talking about like, if you have a pint of ice cream, what's really worse, right? Eating it and loving it or eating it and beating yourself up the whole time for it. Because we know that like, even people that smoke cigarettes and drink, but they actually are like these things. I love them in my life. They end up living longer, you know, in some cases. And so, you know, there's a really big correlation. Yeah. There's a really big correlation to being like, if you want to eat the ice cream, right. Or do the thing. 
own it and really enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what's going to actually lead you to being able to have that thing not actually hinder you. Like when I eat ice cream, you know, I'll usually go for oat milk as dairy messes with me, but I'll go, this is going to be the healthiest thing I can possibly do for myself right now. And nice. then I give it a full send. It's true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. You know? And there's some self-hatred in there too. It's just, it's... You, your vibe is not matching your highest vibe in yes. those moments. So really like find the higher vibe where you're saying that is the best thing that I can do for myself. Yes. That's really cool. I'm going to start yes. saying that every time I eat fries. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love fries. I love fries. You know, it's so funny because as I get more into this stuff, I start realizing that it's actually subtracting that's the harder thing than adding things on. You know, like you can add things into your life. Like, okay, I'm going to be stricter with my diet. I'm going to be stricter with all these things. But when you actually start learning a lot about this stuff, you start realizing like, all right, I learned the rules. Now I get to learn how to break them. And I think that's one of the things that you so perfectly embody is the idea of learning all the rules, but also learning like, yeah, this is one I can break right now and get away with. And mm-hmm. it's actually what's in my highest good is what my heart is calling for. And I think it's such an important balance to have around life. Because if you don't have it, then essentially you're just going to be a human calculator of like, okay, I need to do this every day. I wake up at this time every day. And mm-hmm. where's the fun in that? If nothing spontaneous anymore, you know? Yeah. It's a real opportunity for reframe mm. and how you're looking at things. So if we're creating our own reality, we're operating from that perspective, then take that moment to reframe your eating of the ice cream, you know? Yes. And that's been a big one for me too. I had an example, but I've already spaced out <laughs> what it was. But um, but life can be a massive reframe. Oh, I know what my example was. It's sobriety. And it's like, I dragged my feet on quitting drinking. And, and I really knew it wasn't doing anything for me anymore. And I've had to just take a breath. And one of my favorite reframes that I would encourage people to do is just call it an experiment. I'm going to just do an experiment for this time. And then when it doesn't resonate with you anymore, that's okay. It's not forever. You're just doing a little experiment. So just try it. Like, have you ever spent a week or a day really just talking sweet to yourself and telling yourself all the things that you would tell like if you were three years old. I don't know. You're a fucking princess. Maybe you wouldn't use the word fucking. I, but I it, would use princess though. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, toss your princess hair around. And so, you know, all the, the really kind things that you could do yourself. Have you, have you spent a day? Have you tried it? Have you tried it? Yeah. You haven't. Okay, well then, you know, you're able to go, well, I really haven't. So, you know what? I can feel like shit tomorrow. I can feel bad about things tomorrow. I can beat myself up tomorrow. But today, let's just try an experiment and see how I feel good, if I feel good. And if I do, well, maybe I could try the experiment again tomorrow. And that helps me with this idea of subtraction. Mm or addition and just considering it an experiment. And because taking drinking out of the equation, I've had to find some ways to balance that. I've had to find some ways to navigate that socially Mm. because I have a lot of friends that drink all the time mm-hmm. and want to go like, like I just got a woman that I don't know too well, but our daughters are friends that sent me a text today and was like, we can go out on the boat and have drinks while they, whatever. And I just said, yes, I just said yes, because I'm going to have drinks. They're not going to have alcohol in them, Yeah, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have like a sugary virgin daiquiri or whatever. And I don't have to make a big deal of it or a thing about it. That's going to, cause I project too, that other people are going to feel uncomfortable, but most likely 
they're not going to give a shit if you're just having a good time. And so it's been, it's been reframing into experiment and reframing into, I'm not taking anything away. I'm integrating, I'm Mm. adding to my life in a whole different way. And it's, it's a practice and a journey for me. If anybody's listening to this and doesn't, you know, know how to get out of using a substance. Yeah. Which you talk so much about in in such a beautiful way and a positive way. And so that's been a real road for me and a really interesting one. Mm. And it's getting me out of a comfort zone. So, and usually I want a drink with that out of comfort zone. (laughs) And so I'm not allowing myself in this experiment to have that drink. So what's going to happen? And then you transform in a whole new way. Just like you see people that step out of cannabis for three days, Mm -hmm. you transform in ways that you don't even expect. So can you just let go of outcome and just say, okay, what, what's going to happen? Fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm letting go of the how I'm just moving into this is now it, it, it gets you really present too, because like even for drinking, I know I keep using that example. No, it's a perfect example. Yeah. It's just, and you, you can think like, is this something I could not do for the rest of my life? And that just seems too big. 100%. 100%. Just way too big. Like you're saying, like, just the ice cream, whatever. Just, And then I go, well, I'm fine, like, right now. <laughs> I'm good today. Like, I'll yeah, figure I'm out good tomorrow today. when it comes. I'll figure out tomorrow. But even just <laughs> scaling it further back, like, I'm literally just thirsty for water right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. I just want some lemonade, you I know? I mean, yeah. Need to have I just want something refreshing. My mouth is a little yeah. dry. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, just like, oh, wait. I don't even have to worry about all that. Let go of all that. It's not even happening right now. And so I just go, well, right, like literally right now, I'm fine. Yes. And so people, and then people go, okay, you know, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, you don't have to project for an hour from now, even. Like you can just go just right now. Yeah. Like I'm really all right. Oh, I love that. It feels good. It's amazing, you know, and. You know, one of the things I've always realized is I love being a button pusher. And sometimes the buttons I push are actually not pressing a button, right? Like not having the drink or not having the cannabis, right? And then seeing what happens. And that in and of itself is kind of an intoxicating experience because then you're dealing with all those like triggers or what's ever coming up. And if you look at it as like a fun adventure, you're like, whoa, look at all these thoughts coming up in me and all these things that I want to numb out, but I'm now consciously not numbing out with it. And what an amazing gift that is as a result to be able to experience that because everything Mm -hmm. in life I really feel is experience. And when you're able to experience more and more things, you're able to have a more full Rolodex of things to actually allow you to navigate life with. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm just (laughs) curious, like what magic can happen? What can come of it? So, you know, if you haven't tried it, you don't know. So I'm like, okay. So people have said, what's your goal with this? And I'm like, well, and, and really I was in a perfect place to be sober right now because I'm with a sober partner. And so I was like, what am I waiting for? Why am I dragging my feet? And so I just say, you know, two years, I'm going to see it takes, it takes two full years to really get alcohol out of your system, Mm -hmm. which is a sobering effect. And so (laughs) pun intended. And so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I've never done that. So, or at least not since a child. Right. And so I'm curious, okay, can I? And what, what, what would life be like? 
could it really transform into something more glorious than I can even imagine? Mm, I love that. And I'm really excited to see where that journey goes Thanks. for you. Yeah, it's I been mean, about a little over a month now. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. And I wasn't drinking a ton before that, but it was still a part of my life. Yeah, you felt it, right? Like you yeah. felt that call to be like, is this still helping me or is it hindering me? Yeah. That's where I got with cannabis, right? Where after a while I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I do it every night. So I might as well just keep doing it. Yeah. And it was like, what a weird spot to be at now i'm like only interacting with cannabis if i'm like really sure it's calling me yeah and in those times i get to appreciate it so much more because of the absence yeah you know it's that absence actually allows us to check in and go oh wow that's what i really loved about this thing and can i give that to myself Mm -hmm. and then you're actually picking up the lessons that these substances including alcohol can show us right alcohol can act in a positive way it's just all on how we're framing it right yeah i think that like there's many things that i imagine you'll realize like wow I did like what alcohol did when I was at a party or something like that. Now let me see if I can teach myself how to have that without the alcohol. So cool. (laughs) Yes. And really your memory of it will be clearer and you will feel better in the morning. I mean, all the things. You won't have a hangover and two days later you won't be depressed and wonder why. Yeah. (laughs) Which is something that I found and noticed. Like the less I drank, then I started to notice, oh, wow, I would, if I did have a drink, I about let's say on Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I would, I had the fucking blues. I would feel, um, just down on myself. It was just that depressant effect took, took effect just days later. Yeah. Then you need more espresso and coffee to pick up and counteract it. And then before you know it, you're on this like teeter totter. I've Mm -hmm. gone through the same thing with cannabis where I was like, Oh, I'm interacting with cannabis and I'm feeling burned out. So now I got to drink caffeine to be more up. And it was like, why am I doing all of this? It's just silly. It's not leading to anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really funny. Yeah. Amy, this has been an amazing conversation. I want to make sure I can tell people or you can share with people where they can find you, where they can find your shows and all the amazing things you're doing. You got five albums out that we didn't even get into, but I want (laughs) to make sure people know where they can find you and connect with you. Yes, for sure. Well, first I want to say thank you so much for having me. And I want to encourage everyone to go listen to my show, The Amy Edwards Show, and hear our episode because it is fantastic. I it, I think it was one of my favorite conversations oh, that I've had. Yay, thank Brian, you. I just loved it so much. That and means so much. I want to say a huge thank you uh, for having me here. And I want to remind everyone before I go to that you absolutely can do anything that you put your mind to at any age. Just go for it. Please let me be at least some sort of little glimmer of hope that you can, if you're listening to this and thinking of anything and it's nagging at your heart please do it. So everyone can find me at amyedwards.com or on Instagram at realamyedwards. And that's really actually the easiest spot because you can go to my LinkedIn bio, my little link tree thing. It's amyedwards.info. And there's just everything on there, Mm. everything you can want, including my TikTok, which is the magic babe. But my main goal in life is to serve through my show and my voice and keep lifting voices like yours and that is at the Amy Edwards show, which is on all major platforms. And I um, also do a Monday episode that's a solo episode that just is some things I've been thinking about, some ways to uplevel our habits. I like to check in with my habits. I, you know... like to notice when they're having a negative effect and what we can do better and optimize those habits Mm. and get highly optimized with habits, mindsets, and like a big picture shift. So I'm always checking in and getting really personal on those. So I would love to know everyone. You can sign up for my newsletter too at amyedwards.com. Oh, I love that. And Amy, I got one last question for you. And that is this, right? Okay. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, 
what would Amy Edwards suggest that change be? I would say really, really tap into your sleep and how you're sleeping. And I think there's been so much in the last few years about sleep. And, you know, if you're drinking, you're Mm. taking away your REM sleep. Mm. So you may not be sleeping the way you think you are. So I don't know if you need to get an aura ring or what. I had one for a long time, but my sleep was really good. Mm So, um, or I, you know, maybe you're using cannabis to fall asleep. And so where can you optimize your sleep? Because that's going to spill over into everything. If you're not sleeping well, you're going to eat worse. You're going to feel worse. You're going to have more negative self-talk. And so that's a really simple and basic thing. And so I think that's just one thing that if you get your sleep right, you're going to feel better and more optimized all the way around. And I know it's hard with kids and all that, but getting your kids on a sleep schedule too, I've been a freak about that. It helps their growth. It helps them learn and it makes the home more peaceful. So that is, that's one of my really most basic, simple things. And I guess outside of that, it would be, um, if we're going to do something a little different that people can do, I would say it's recording your own voice and tapping into that self-trust that can bring. I've found that's a really interesting one. And so many people are afraid to hear themselves speak. It bothers them. And so go for it, you know, break through that limitation, hear yourself, delve into what you can tell yourself and see what happens because it's a foundational aspect for getting your voice and your authenticity and your vulnerability and your connection more out in the world. Oh, I will take nail in the head for both of those things Thanks. for 500, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, guys. When I was first connected to Amy through a mutual friend of ours, I was immediately inspired by her journey. Amy is a true testament to what can occur in our lives when we choose to believe in ourselves beyond all logic and buy the ticket and take the ride into the infinite possibilities within our experience of life. My hope is that each of you who tuned into this deep dive between Amy and I take something away from this episode that can allow you to say yes to your heart, unlock your creative potential, and show the world what your unique medicine is. For anyone looking to connect with Amy and stay up to date on all of the incredible information and love that she is putting into the world, make sure to check out the show notes where I will be listing all of the places to do so. Amy, thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey with the listeners and me today for choosing to say yes to your heart and guide others in choosing their hearts, and for embodying the notion of transformation in your life, for countless others to gain inspiration from. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business 
while protecting your time and your energy. Now you guys know that delegation is a business superpower and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.